Thanks be to God that Martin is able to help you find a husband. I know, but you know what, Katie? He can't find someone for you. Well, you know why. Yes, yes. You won't marry anyone, except Martin himself. But he's not even sure if he wants to get married. This is Troy Lambert and my wife, Melissa Lambert. And this is the third episode of our podcast, All Things Together, from Five Solas Media. Well, this month is Valentine's Day, and what better month to talk about marriage? And not just about getting married, but what God says about marriage. I know what some of you kids are thinking right now. Hold it, hold it. What is this? Are you trying to trick me? Is this a kissing book? Wait, just wait. When's it get good? Keep your shirt on, let me read. Like the grandpa said in The Princess Bride, keep your shirts on, kids. We think you're going to enjoy this episode. Yes, that's right. Marriage is not just for married people to talk about. This is for everyone to talk about because marriage was created by God. And if we fail to see marriage the way God created it, many false views will creep in and affect our whole society. So on today's episode, we're gonna have our kids ask us some questions about marriage and how we met. And we're also going to hear another as told by little story about a married couple from way back in the 1500s. We just opened with a teaser from that. Yeah, and you may think it's very strange, but back in that time, clergy did not marry. But a runaway nun and an ex-monk actually did get married. And we can see God's gracious glory in their relationship. And to help us learn more about this ex-monk and his runaway bride, we met up via Zoom with author Douglas Bond, who lives in South Carolina, and he wrote a book called Luther in Love. Psst, listen to the end and see how you can win a copy of his book. Douglas, it is so great for you to join us here on the podcast. Now, before we get to Martin and Katie, our youngest son here is going to go over your bio so everybody at home knows who you are and kind of a few things that you've done. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. Tell me your first name. Owen. Owen, as in John. <laughs> you've both been a student and teacher of history. You've written more than 30 books. You lead a church history tours in Europe. You write hymns. You are an elder in your church denomination. The Lord has blessed you with many talents. What is a random talent that we don't know you have? <laughs> a random talent that you don't know I have. You weren't expecting that. <laughs> so the reason I laugh is that when I was in high school, my senior year, I won first place in a face pulling contest. Not very many people know that. Face pulling. What is that? Well, you know, making faces. And uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's funny. I don't really consider that a talent or a skill or anything like that. Yes. Um, all right. Well, uh, one of our, our ch- other children, our oldest here, Jackson, has a question for you as well. What is your favorite rom-com movie? <laughs> Boy, I would say, uh, you know, probably... Um, you know, maybe Leap Year. Oh, yeah. We loved Leap Year. Amy, Amy Adams, Adams in Ireland. Yep, yep. Just led a tour in Ireland this last June. So. Oh, oh, beautiful. Fun. Great. All right. And then uh, while you're watching a romantic comedy, our daughter has a question for you. What are your go-to pizza toppings? 
Well, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I'm a high protein guy, so I'm always looking for more protein. So I actually like um, a variety of meat on my pepperoni, ground sausage, you know, oh boy, just bring it on, keep it coming. Uh, out of curiosity, does pineapple belong on a pizza for you? Not for me. Um, I mean, I do like pineapple. It's just not, you know, it's never really worked very well for me. So Canadian, you know, the, the you know, the the Canadian bacon and pineapple pizza for me. <laughs> He's doing a bit of face pulling. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for, for taking time to get to know you in a unique way with our kids here. On our podcast today, we really want to talk a little bit about the book that you wrote, Luther and Love, the marriage relationship between Martin and Katie Luther. Could you, in just a minute or two, kind of in a crystallized way, share a little bit about Luther and Katie, who they were, and how the Lord brought them together? One of the things I love about church history is that you get to, um, it's kind of like Hebrew, you have to read it backwards, the providence of God, backwards. And <clears throat> it. Um, so as you look back on the story, you you, you have to laugh. I mean, you absolutely have to laugh. God has a, an incredible sense of humor. We shouldn't be surprised. We're made in his image, right? And we yep. love to laugh, you know, um, long and loud and clear. Um, you know, we, um, so here, here you have the juxtaposition of two of the most unlikely people to get married. Uh, she was in a nunnery from the time she was three years old and had not been around men. When hmm. she comes out of the nunnery because of a tract, a treatise on Christian marriage that she had read of Martin Luther's, uh, she and about 13 other nuns wanted to get out of the nunnery and get married. You know, they wanted to get out of this place. And so she's reading it. So Luther has these piles of fan mail. He is the celebrity preacher of his day. Not because he wanted to be, not because he was hipster and cool and doing all that stuff, but just because <laughs> in the providence of God, he was he was called and he was the man of the hour. So he's having to answer all these letters. Well, he gets one from this nun in, that, that wants to apostatize from the nunnery. And, um, and uh, so he ends up having to collude with his uh, friend, uh, Leonard Kopp, to, who's a herring uh, salesman. And he takes full herring barrels into the nunnery, and he takes out the empty herring barrels. People size. <laughs> Imagine what happens, whether or not that's actually what happened or whether that's just a little fancy touches on the history is not entirely certain, but um, it's certain enough that I think we can go with that. And um, well, in Luther Love, if you, I don't know if you finished it yet, there, you know, there's going to be an episode where they're stuck in those things and uh, it isn't pretty. It's not good at all. <laughs> they get disgorged from those barrels there on the streets of Wittenberg. And, and here's Luther. He has to, he has to, you know, be this, uh, you know, this rough around the edges, Teutonic, fierce willing, you know, version of Jane Austen's Emma. He has to, he feels like he has to finish this job. And he's got to find husbands for these, for these girls. And, um, and he does for all of them. A couple of their parents just took them back home, but uh, he finds, he matchmakes and he, he gets them married. Luther is 42. When he first meets Catherine Van Bora, she's four, she's 24. Well, he's 40 at that time. But she's there in Wittenberg for two and a half years. He can't get her matched up. And uh, Luther's supposed to be finding uh, someone for her, and she's picky, and everyone he sets up for her, she'll laugh and say, no, I'm not going to marry that guy. And um, one, one, one guy who was way too old for her, he thought, um, she told uh, Amsdorf, uh, Luther's friend, who brought the news to her, he, she, she said, 
I'm not going to marry that guy. I would rather marry Martin Luther than that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, word gets out. Um, so as it turns out, um, you know, they never had premarital counseling for weeks and weeks, you know. Right. These two people needed premarital counseling. Um, they only had a two-week engagement. And Luther actually forgot to tell Katerina about it. Uh, at first, and word got all around uh, Wittenberg. So, um, <laughs> oh, by the way, we're engaged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, they um, you know they get married in 1525, and it's it's this just radical transformation. I mean, Luther is he rarely bathes. He's you know he's there's this big grease spot on the sheet you know where he's been sleeping and hasn't changed the sheet for a year. And, wow. you know, it's this huge uh, Augustinian priory that uh, Duke Frederick gives to Luther to live in. And he takes his, you know, bride home from the Stadkirche a few blocks away, takes her home to, you know, this deal. And they're on their on their wedding night, uh, his friend Karlstad, who was getting chased down by some uh, some Catholic enthusiasts, uh, shows up on the door, pounding, 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 and he has they get Karlstadt's got to come in that night, their wedding night. Oh. So anyway, it was just it was the the perfect way to be in in marriage counseling post marriage, you know, with some serious problems. But in the providence of God, and I think also in 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 a world where you work it out, right? You right. don't. You, you, there is no exit strategy right 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 work it out and when you have two people deeply committed to sola scriptura yeah um the five solas right like you guys yeah, yeah. Uh, when they're deeply committed to what the scriptures principally teach about justification by grace alone through faith alone and christ alone those two people deeply committed to that um there should be no incompatibility clause yeah that, that right gets them out of that. but it is yeah. critical that there be that commitment, and they had that commitment. It wasn't easy. It was they had rocky times. Luther was was rough around the edges, and he was he was a he was a bull in a china closet. He was a man who was energized by rage. You know, mm. he wrote mm-hmm. better when he was in a in a full roiling rage, and there was lots to make him very angry and all too. And so he, but by the grace of God, he he could direct that where it belonged. And not toward his wife, and right. um, and she as well. Uh, she and they, you know, they had to do their falling in love. Unlike the modern world, of course, our way is so much better. It works so much better, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings me to the next question. So, once Martin got around to marrying Katie, uh, how long did it take for him to grow in his affections for her, and vice versa? No, I mean, we don't we don't actually know a time clock on that, but we do know because Luther wrote so much. He wrote so many letters. And in those letters, he talked about Katie, Ketta, he would call her, was a nickname, which is German for chain, <laughs> and my Lord Katie and my rib. And he had these affectionate terms for her. When you have a man who is, is able to say that um, one of his great sins is that he loved his wife too much, mm. and he had to he had to daily confess to the Lord um, his, his, his love. My Katie is in all things so obliging and pleasing to me that I would not exchange my poverty for the riches of Croesus. He said, um, um, my Katerina von Bora, he, he named, he named uh, Galatians. His, he dedicated his commentary on Galatians to Katerina von Bora. He says, I give more credit to Katerina than to Christ, who has done so much more for me. Wow. And he would fall on his knees and he would confess his sins. I'll tell you what, that is a sin 
sin that it is, that I think um, we husbands would do well to move in that direction. Mm -hmm. uh, more and more Christian men should be um, loving their wives as Christ loved the church. Amen. Mm -hmm. There's some mm -hmm. echo, echo of that in Luther's yeah. Yeah. own. And maybe for a kid listening who might be a bit confused, like you're not necessarily encouraging husbands to sin. The reality is that husbands would have that affection for their wives. And and what's our best example? Christ, mm -hmm. his affection for the church, so much so that he laid his life down. That's It's beautiful. It is truly beautiful. And I am confident that if more husbands trouble, struggled with that sin, yeah. there would be a whole lot of other sins in marriage that wouldn't even be up on the radar. That's mm, so true. Right. So for the young people listening, as well as those who are single, we live in a world that in many ways is against biblical marriage. So what does the Luther marriage and the relationship teach us and what to look for for a future spouse? Yeah, you know, the Bible really only says two things about choosing a spouse. You know, we would think that there'd be you know, like a whole book of the Bible on right. says two things. If you're a man, marry a woman. If you're a woman, marry a man. And then marry in the Lord. Amen. Mm. Marry in the Lord, we can unpack in, in, in whole books. Yeah. You know, right. Whole, yeah. Uh, what it means to marry in the Lord is, is everything. And, and you don't do that superficially. You, you do that carefully. Yeah. yeah. And with counsel, because once you fall, begin to fall in love with this person, Everything about you is doing backflips. Right. You don't. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Love is blind, as Shakespeare said, because, you know, we've sort of suspended rational thought because this person can walk on water. And also, so we very much need the counsel. Kids, you need the counsel of mom and dad. I'm not for moving back to parents, you know, uh, arranging marriages for their kids. <laughs> but, but you know, in Luther's case, they, they had to do their falling in love after the wedding night. Yeah, um, they didn't know each other very well. Um, neither of them had been around uh, members of the opposite sex very much. Luther was an Augustinian monk for many years. Yeah, she was a, she was a you know she was a nun in, in a nunnery. She was three. So I mean, these are <clears throat> they, they had every strike against them. Period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. this, this this thing shouldn't have lasted three years, and yet it, it lasts decades. And to the glory of God. Right. And to the great benefit of the church, because what they did was they said, we're going to take two sinners and not just sinners, but in every way that the modern world would say uh, you need compatibility. We don't have it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's an apostate nun. We live in a hostile world and we're going to have to figure this out. And we have one book, mm. the word of God, Amen. and we're going to do it God's way. Yeah. So young people listening, do it God's way. You know, everything God tells you, all the, all the do's God tells you are because he loves you. Amen. All the don'ts God tells you are also because he loves you. When the Eve, what was Eve's temptation in the garden? Did God really say, you know, he's trying to cheat you. There's good stuff out there and he's trying to cheat you out of it. You could be like God, but he wants to keep that all for himself. He's being stingy, you know, the whole cell. Don't believe it. What God says is good. And it's not good, just good for him. It's good for you. Amen. And to his glory. Amen. So bear that in mind as you begin, you, you begin feeling those warm fuzzies about this person that <laughs> you didn't even notice before. And then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, this is a gorgeous woman. This is, you know, a handsome man, whatever. 
And uh, you, you begin to uh, fall in love with this person. God designed all that. Amen. But it needs to be informed and it needs the love and restraint of parents yeah. first and foremost. And then in adult life, you know, it needs the love and the perspective of pastor of other Christian friends that will speak into your life honestly and all of that. Yeah. That's so such a great reminder of uh, being committed to God and his word and then realizing that the commitment that they made to each other was before God. And, and so that, that, that changes everything. Uh, and, and I think you see that, um, we lack that, uh, wherewithal today, the, the sticking it out, the, you know, how often do we hear the wedding vows, even in movies, it, for better or for worse, poverty and riches and in, in, in sickness and in health. Uh, the vows were written based on God's word that through thick or thin, we're going to stick to our covenant uh, because God sticks to his covenant. Yeah. And we see, that's what we see in Luther and Katerina. Believe it. I am sure that there were times when Katerina said, what have I gotten myself into? I'm sure. <laughs> he's he's a hygiene-challenged, Teutonic, you know, mid, mid, Middle Ages guy. And, 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 and this is really difficult. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she thought that. But there was the fundamental commitment of genuine living faith. And they, they were committed to Christ. Yeah. They were rescued by Christ. They had they They were regenerate. They, yeah. they really did have the Lord in their hearts. And that is the most important thing. There's, you know, somebody, well, they grew up in the church. They can say the right answers. Don't stop there. Marry in the Lord. Keep mm. digging. Yeah. Don't just take that. And what you'll want to do is say, oh, it's perfect. You know, let's not ask any more questions. I'm not sure. No, no, no. Keep asking the questions. Keep mm. pressing in. Be honest yourself. Yes. Absolutely honest yeah. yourself. What's most important to you? What do you really believe? And uh, what are the hills to die on for you? Yeah. Each of the each two Christian people, man and woman, are are genuinely doing that. You you have a much greater likelihood of of marrying in the Lord, yeah. And not thinking you're marrying in the Lord. And mm. I know of what I speak. Yeah. Amen. Well, brother, we thank you so much for taking time to talk about Luther and Katie. And uh, yeah, Your, thank, thank the, the books that we have read so far. They have been such a good resource for us. But it was encouraging as I'm reading uh, Lutheran Love that it's, it feels like I'm visiting old friends. What we pictured Martin and Katie as is what you pictured them as. So it's. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad to hear it. Yeah. Well, thank you, brother. Appreciate you joining us. Yes, thank you. Pleasure entirely. God's blessing. This is All Things Together from Five Solas Media. Douglas really had a good amount of insight on marriage, and we appreciate that. Yeah, we really enjoyed talking to him. Our kids had a blast chatting with him. In fact, the interview was a lot longer than what we were able to share with you because we just seemed to enjoy each other's company. Yeah, we we kept wanting to talk to him. (laughs) Maybe one day we can join him on one of his tours. And as we said earlier, Douglas has written over 30 books about church history. Speaking of his books, we have two copies of Douglas Bond's Lutheran Love to give away, and they're signed. Listen to the end to find out how you can win one. Well, Katie Martin were such an inspiring example of glorifying God through everyday life within marriage. And we thought it'd be fun to have our kids come in here to the studio, a.k.a the living room, and have them ask us a few questions about marriage. Jackson, Madeline, Owen, welcome to All Things Together. Hello. Hello. Thank, Thank you. you. Can I ask the question first? Yes, Owen. 
Um, when did you guys first meet? All right, that's a good question. Melissa, you want to take that one? Well, I don't know when we actually first met. I remember meeting you and you had you had a beard and I was probably a teenager still. We just met briefly. It was on the side of the church by, by the pews. I don't know if you remember that. I don't, I don't know if I, I do, but we did go to a fairly small church at that time, and so pretty much everybody got to know everybody, regardless of their age, huh? Yes. That's the first time I remember seeing your daddy, but we started getting to know each other in, back in 2004. He had a karaoke night at his house, and so my sister and I drove there, and there were a lot of other young people and it was just fun to get to know him and all the other young people. But that was just, it was, you know, in the context of friends. I remember when I was like five, I asked you when you first met or saw mommy or something. And then I remember you said that you asked one of your friends, who's that hot girl over there? And then I was like, dad, what does hot mean? You're like, I don't know, like fresh out of the oven or something. <laughs> oh, the, the things we say to our kids that we didn't realize. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> she was hot. Oh, I, the mic's in front of my mouth right now and I don't know what to say. But <laughs> Well, let me just say you still are hot. Oh. <laughs> this is a kid show, right? <laughs> no, well, we're showing what a good godly marriage reflects. Yes, that's true. Um, that's funny, Jackson, that you bring up that story. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do remember that moment. You know, like Mommy just said, we knew of each other and, and, you know, church wasn't big at that time. So uh, we kind of ran around in similar circles, but there was that one day a friend asked me like, who's, who's that person up front there? And I said, who, the one in the white dress? And he said, yeah. And I said, oh, it's Melissa. And uh, he's like, ah, and (laughs) I don't know what it was, but I looked up and it was like that scene in the natural when the, uh, uh, lady comes to watch her old boyfriend at bat and she's in a white dress and the sun was just shining behind her and she was glowing. I mean, that was your mommy. Like she, she was wearing a white dress up in front of the church. And I just was like, Melissa Inman. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so it doesn't sound so shallow. I had talked to her, you know, times before and she was a fun person to talk to. So I just started talking to her a little bit more. So you guys met, but then when was your first date? Like how did meeting turn into going on dates in a relationship? It basically started in 2004 and um, we started to get to know each other in groups of friends. One thing that really sticks out in my mind, and I, I even see your daddy or Troy do it now, was during a youth conference that our church has that I was actually participating in. Um, I was just having a rough weekend. My mom was in the hospital and uh, yeah, I guess I was pretty stressed out about that. And I don't know if he saw it or noticed it, but anyway, he actually just pulled me aside and asked how I was doing. And then I told him what was up and he actually just prayed for me right then and there. And then um, another time in that weekend, uh, one of our mutual friends was actually sharing with him some struggles that she was going through. And again, he just prayed for her right then and there. And I actually 
wrote to a friend the next day what happened over the weekend. And I actually wrote to her, I don't know why this man isn't married. <laughs> um, so from then on, he invited me to a Bible study. We started emailing each other and then we started calling each other long phone calls and long emails and they got longer and longer until one email said, hey, uh, if I were to want to bring you out to get some ice cream, what would I need to do? And so I said, well, I guess you have to ask my dad. <laughs> it was all new to me too. So uh, he did. And uh, my dad, of course, said yes. And the rest is history. Yeah. So you were 20 at that time and I was 31. So it was a little bit of an age difference. And I was a little nervous, like, oh, she's not going to want to hang out with this guy. And uh, I remember right around that time, one of our pastors, I'd gone to an angel game with him and we were riding home and he was asking me, hey, do you have your eye on anybody? <laughs> and I said, well, there's somebody I've really been enjoying getting to know and talk to, but I'm, I don't know. And he's like, well, what, what's, what's the hesitancy? And so I said, I was a little concerned because, you know, there's an 11 year age difference. And he said, well, that's not a biblical reason to not you know, get to know her and to date her. Um, he said, you guys both love the Lord and um, you're both mature and enjoy the, and, and enjoy each other's company. Uh, then, you know, keep getting to know each other. So I have to say that really kind of, the Lord used that to unlock a fear in me. Uh, and I'm really thankful for that. And so from that point on, we just really, we, we just enjoyed time together, talking on the phone and hanging out and getting to know each other's families. I also want to mention that we were both members of the same church, and I think that really helped the foundation of our relationship start off really well because we already knew what each other believed. So, Mom, were you surprised when he proposed to you? I was kind of shocked. It was, I was expecting it because I knew he had talked to your grandpa about uh, marrying me. Um, but it, it had been a little bit. So I was just like, well, I wonder when he's going to do it. And to be honest, I had kind of arranged the time that he proposed to me. I basically said, I want to build a snowman. I've never built a snowman. Let's go up to the mountains and build a snowman. And I will bring the charcoal because I was picturing the charcoal my dad had by his barbecue. And you'll bring the carrot. Yeah. So I took your mommy up there. I thought, well, that that's the perfect, uh, that's the perfect place to do it. I went to downtown L.A. with uh, my friend Carl, and we found a, a, a jewelry place. I got a, a ring that was a little less than a carrot, but um, a pretty ring that I knew you'd like. And so we were up there in the San Bernardino Mountains building a snowman, and we got it all set up. Melissa put the charcoal in, and I kind of just waited, and she said, Oh, where's the carrot? And I put my hand in the pocket, and I went, Oh, no. I brought the wrong kind of carrot and I pulled out the ring and you got down on one knee. And I honestly was so surprised, Madeline, that I could not stand. I just kind of fell to my knees. I've seen the video. <laughs> and she said yes, by the way. <laughs> what was the aftermath of that? Did you guys go and get dinner or something like or Did you tell, go and tell all your family or something like what happened after that? Yeah, I think uh, we called everybody and told them. And we actually ended up over at uh, one of our pastor's house with his daughters. And they were all so excited. And I remember driving home from the mountains and it was sunset. And 
it was just like a spectacular mid-January day here in Southern California. And I just thought, I can't believe it. I'm getting married to the girl of my dreams. And I have, I can't go onto that bridge, onto that overpass at sunset without thinking of that very special time. And you know what? I honestly feel just as excited about it now as I did then. What's the secret to a good marriage? Christ. (laughs) And I, that could sound too simple, but if Christ is the center of the marriage and not yourself, because it's really easy to put your center, yourself at the center of a relationship, then um, it's not going to go well if it's your, it's about yourself. Yeah. And I, I would just hop in and say that in some ways that's, the theme of what even our podcast is called all things together, that, uh, Christ is the one that holds all things together. Paul says, uh, and that is not only the universe, uh, but that's also marriages as well. And, uh, Melissa and I'd be the first to say, mommy and I'd be the first to say that, um, it's not always easy because our flesh still wants to say, Hey, I deserve to be the center of this. You know, I deserve to be catered to or to, um, you know, have things go my way. Um, but then when you're looking at Christ and seeing, oh my goodness, here's the creator of the universe, God in flesh, laying his life down for his bride. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a, an attitude check for me. And I have to think, wow, if Jesus did it, um, then I need to do that for my bride. And, and in my flesh, it's impossible. But that's where I repent and say, oh, Lord, forgive me my self-centeredness. For, uh, forgive me of, you know, not thinking of Melissa and her concerns and, or her cares and realizing, oh, Holy Spirit, give me the power to love my wife the way Christ loved his bride. Yes. And, and those can sound like big and almost abstract ideas, especially for young people. But um, I want to encourage those kids listening and my own kids of what it looks like and that you could start practicing right now, because really what a good marriage looks like is love your neighbor as yourself and love God. And those two things you can practice, of course, right now as as a child or as a teen, as a single, um, with those kids who have siblings at home and parents, of course, you can treat your siblings as you want to be treated. And honestly, that is good practice for a good marriage. You're right, Melissa. Uh, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. It, it begins every day with how we treat our neighbors and how we seek the Lord. A biblical marriage, a, biblical marriage, yes. uh, a marriage that is seeking to honor God and glorify God is not perfect. And it's not always good in the sense of the world's sense, but it's a blessing, an absolute blessing. And I praise God for these 17 and a half years with mm-hmm. you, my love. Me too. Well, kids, thank you for joining us here in the All Things Together studio. AKA the living the room. room. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're listening to All Things Together from Phi Solas Media. The idea of marriage God's way is quite simple, yet our sinful world wants to distort it in so many ways. Yeah, and it's really refreshing to meditate on the way God created the beautiful institution of marriage. 
Now kids listening, please know that you are never too young to learn about what a good and godly marriage looks like. <laughs> that's that's so true. And parents listening, keep sharing those truths about marriage with your littles. Littles? Hmm. Littles, that sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> ah, as told by littles. Yes, we have turned one of our As Told by Littles, The Bride of Martin Luther, into a podcast theater for you to enjoy right now. And parents, you might want to hit pause right now and go to our shop at fisolasmedia.com to download the Martin and Katie Luther activity pack that your kids can do while listening to the podcast theater. So without further ado, Five Solas Media presents As Told by Littles. Podcast Theater! Yahoo! Martin and Philip were able to find husbands for all the former nuns. There was much excitement as Christian families were established and homes proclaimed the good news of Jesus in the middle of society. But Katie couldn't find someone to match her wit and intellect. Thanks be to God that Martin is able to help you find a husband. I know, but you know what, Katie? He can't find someone for you. Well, you know why. Yes, yes. You won't marry anyone, except Martin himself. But he's not even sure if he wants to get married. He just stop being silly. I know we would honor God together, and I know I could help ease the load of his duties. Have you talked to Martin about this? Well, not yet, but after all his failed attempts at being Mr. E-Harmony. What's E-Harmony? I can't take it any longer. I will tell him as soon as I see him. I can't believe we found homes for all the women. Well, except Katie, of course. I just don't get it, Philip. I've tried everything for Katie and she won't accept anything or anyone. I have to say she's a tough cookie, and I like cookies. Well, you know my stance, Martin. I don't think you should get married. It will compromise all of the work of the Reformation. How do you figure, Philip? Why would I fight and contend for the beautiful relationship of marriage for my brothers in Christ if it were something that would be a compromise? I just don't think it's wise, Martin. And plus, who am I going to hang out with now? I think I must reconsider this, lest I be like the Pope and the clergy of Rome who deprive themselves of God's good gifts. How do you even know if Katie will marry you? And why would you want to marry her? I don't know if she'll marry me, Phil, but I do know that marrying Katie would please my father, rile the Pope, make the angels laugh and the devils weep, and would seal my testimony. This might get you in trouble like those 95 complaints you had against the Pope. Don't worry, I'll still watch Monday Night Football with you. Soon, Martin and Katie agreed to be married and had a secret wedding on June 13, 1525. And Katie quickly became a blessing to Martin. She helped clean up the old black cloister, turning Luther's bachelor pad into a welcoming home. She also was really good at business. She rented out rooms to students, made Martin's favorite brew, grew vegetables, and raised cattle and pigs. But most importantly, they fell in love with each other and became best of friends and always pointed each other to Jesus. Bye! Please come back to the Luther Inn again. Hi, my dearest Katie. Why has you all bent and broken, Martin? 
All this is just too much. I can't do this on my own. The work of reformation is wearing on my soul. Oh, no, Martin. Is God dead? What? Of course not. Then snap out of it. We serve the living God. You are not doing this on your own. You have never done anything on your own. God has always been the one working in and through you. You're right. You're right. What would I do without you, my kind and dear Lord and Master? Katie, Lutheran, Doctoress, and Priestess of Vintenburg. And don't forget what you and your fellow reformers have taught all of us. That all of life is chromedial before the face of God. We mustn't forget this. Amen. Preacher Katie, truly, there is no more lovely, friendly, and charming relationship or company than a good marriage. And you, my Katie, have been that for me. You have been such a help to me and to all the work of the Reformation. God has been so gracious to us, Martin. Now come, we have a family worship to get to. The kids have been wanting to hear the new hymn you've been humming. You know the one about the fortress? God used Katharina von Bora in a mighty way during the Reformation. As Martin Luther sought to reform the church with biblical doctrine, Katharina practically applied these truths in the Luther household, thus reforming Christian families throughout Europe and eventually around the world. Husbands and wives were told they could glorify God through the most simple of things, like changing diapers. And the Luthers got plenty of experience doing that after having six children, as well as taking in a few nieces and nephews. And of course, the family became a special place where these kids were told the wonderful story of Jesus through music and reading the Bible together. We are forever grateful for the Christian example of Martin and Katie Luther. This is All Things Together from Five Solace Media, and that was a clip from The Bride of Martin Luther, as told by Littles. And I have to say, that is one of my favorite films that we made. I can say that, right? Of course you can say that. And, you know, I think why we really enjoyed it is that we made it with a lot of our brothers and sisters at our church up in the mountains, and it was just so much fun. Plus, it actually won Best Short Film at the National Religious Broadcasters last year. Yeah, that was, that was a great surprise. If you want to see the whole film, it's included along with our other films on our John Knox as Told by Littles DVD. You can also watch it on our website, fivesoulismedia.com. Now we have one more thing to talk about, and that's what Melissa has been hinting at. We're giving away two signed copies of Douglas Bond's Luther in Love. And we have to thank Douglas Bond for actually donating those books. That was very nice of him. And this book, Luther in Love, gives narratives of Luther's life creatively woven together and at times from Katharina's perspective. It gives a sweet and honest representation of the relationship of Katharina and Martin Luther. Yeah, if you enjoy a Jane Austen novel, you're going to enjoy this novel, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, he calls the chapters episodes, and I thought that was really interesting because it is very episodic. And this giveaway, we're going to really try to keep simple this time. To enter, we just are asking you to sign up for our email list by 6 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday, February 19th. And if you've already signed up on our email list and you want to enter to win the book, just send us an email. Tell us hello and maybe what you like about our podcast. And you can reach out to us at info at 
Our two winners will be announced on our social media live on Monday, February 20th. You can sign up for our email list at fivesolusmedia.com. And while you're on our website, don't forget to download our Martin and Katie Luther activity pack for your kids to enjoy. It's a simple way to support our podcast and a fun way for your kids to learn more about the Luthers. Now, we pray that this episode was encouraging to both young and old alike, reminding all of us of the blessings of a godly marriage. And please remember to like and share a podcast with your friends and family. Well, Melissa, it has been so fun to do this podcast with you. I'm thankful for almost 18 years of marriage by God's grace. That has been a real blessing to me. Thanks for being my Valentine all these years. Well, as a Chick-fil-A employee would say, it's my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) This is the All Things Together podcast. I'm Troy. And I'm Melissa. And this has been a production of Five Solos Media. See you next month. Thanks for joining us.